Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com. I'm Damien Donahue, and I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick back from sunny Italian climes. He's, uh, he's, he's ready for a full discussion on all things football in Cavan and even a little bit on, on the Horland. Um, Paul, how did you enjoy your holiday? Good, very good, Damien. I listen in to your commentary on the Cavan Wicklow game along with Mickey Hannon, and I have to say, not just because you're sitting in front of me, it was it was a top job. I listened to it in a, in a bar in uh, Rome, and it was absolutely brilliant. It sounded like uh, you you were really getting into it. How did the Italians like it? We didn't we didn't go the whole go. Uh, a couple of Italian lads came up to me and said, "Jesus, Cavan are playing very defensive." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Well, look, they only conceded one five. What do you expect, buddy?" <laughs> That's it. That's it. I suppose to talk about the the game. Obviously, you not being there, but I suppose you have to. I I have to take the positive from the fact that there's learning. And and, and in the post match interview, Maddie said to me, "Look, we have to, we had to learn from the Donegal game and the Roscommon game, and we've been conceding too much." So while some people were coming away from the game, the amount of negative comments I got coming out from the game, basically saying, "Oh God, wasn't it hard to watch?" and wasn't it. I I don't know what Cavan supporters want sometimes. Like I I take that sort of display over us being so porous at the back, like as we were in the Roscommon game and in the Donegal game. So you know they're, they're trying to rectify the problems. Yeah, I I I was surprised at that to hear that that supporters were given out because in fairness, like the handicap for the game was seven or eight points depending on which bookie you're you're looking at, and Cavan won the game by fourteen points. So they yeah. won it by you a lot more than they were expected to win it by by the neutrals. Ockram is a notoriously tough place to go and I went down there and had a big lead up at half time and jo- the job was done like and I probably I'm sure if Cavan wanted to kick on and win it by 20 they probably could have mm-hmm. um, the only, only thing you could, I suppose you could say on that is that I thought it was a bad draw before, before the game ever took place because it was a lose-lose really and that the proof is in the pudding. Supporters are, after a fourteen point win, supporters are still giving out some of them. So in that case, it was a lose lose. Oh, it's only Wicklow and blah blah blah. But you know, all that all that matters is that you win. In my opinion, I I, I think you have to be realistic. Um, look at Fermanagh. They didn't they didn't play free flowing football, but they beat Mona and Darren lost the final. Would they swap? Like I was laughing at, at Joe Brawley after the league final, saying he, he spoke to Cavan supporters outside, and they were all delighted. They weren't delighted. Never met one. No, I, I, and I, I think I met more Cavan supporters than Joe Brody did that day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they weren't delighted. It's a very. It's the most important thing is to win. Like, and um, as Kieran Brady said at the at the championship press night, this Cavan team needs success. And you know, a fourteen point win in the championship, no matter who you're playing against, is a good start. on that, that said, um, I wasn't at the game. But going by your commentary on it, and going by Michael Hannan's column, it sounded like Cavan were very defensive, extremely defensive in, in the way they set up. And you know that'll only take you so far, um, because we had that five years ago. We got to an All Ireland quarter final playing extremely defensively, and Cavan realised that a bad year the following year. Cavan realised you have to move on from that system, and it spent a couple of years moving on from it. And now, and the reason we went we went with that system back then was because we were poor, so we'd been leaking scores. We needed to first of all stop conceding scores, and anything after that was a plus. 
five years later, it looks like we're back to that. We're stopping. We're not conceding. I know we're looking to break our defence maybe, but if you're going by your commentary, if you're actually shaking your head, but if you're if you're setting up with 13, 14 defenders, um, is that not back to the future type thing? Yeah. I, look, don't get me wrong. I I don't see. You see, there's t- there's two parts of of the game. One, what you do when you have the ball, and one, what you do when you haven't got the ball. For me, you can still bring your 13, 14 players behind that ball if you want when you haven't got the ball. It's what you do then what when you have the ball that is is vital. And what what kind of scared me a little bit was that while Cavan so when Cavan retreated back, brought the numbers, forced the turnovers, as they did countless times in the first half, it didn't look like the counter attack game was was the same style as you'd like to see that, you know, Donegal esque against Dublin 2012 was it where basically it was we draw you back into the trap and then when you're in the trap and you're facing the wrong direction we turn over the ball we're going to sprint forward quicker than you can retreat backwards but we looked slow getting forward we looked slow in the transition that I thought that every one of our scores had to be sort of methodically taught out that Shawnee Johnson had to get his hands on the ball maybe six or seven times look for the pass onto the inside it's not on come back out recycle it come back out recycle it keep looking for that pass Kieran Brady Darren McVitie on a couple of occasions Grode McKiernan started to inject the pace off the line that we we got penetrating through that blanket defence that Wicklow also set up with so I think we need to maybe define the attack a little bit better than than the defence. You know, I think the defence we we done we done well. They only scored two time, two times from open play, you know, so like that that says an awful lot. Oh yeah. Look I definitely wouldn't criticize the team for winning winning by fourteen points away from home in the championship. But go back to what we were saying earlier, like you're playing like you were playing the worst team in Ireland. Like that's not doing anyone any disrespect. The but stats, then the stats show they did say after the game Madeline did say this this wasn't set up for Wicklow. This was set up for bigger challenges down the line, you know. And and, and I'd agree with him on the decision to do that because, right, you go out and you play man for man against Wicklow and you beat them by thirty points. You, you haven't learned anything, you know. And you know that your defence isn't going to stand up to a good attack because it's been proven against Donegal and against Roscommon the, the, the way they were set up. So they he had to, he had the road test this, and I think that while. You know, look, there's nothing sure going out against Down. It is going to be a defensive game by Cavan, you know, and, and Brewster Park is going to facilitate that. Yeah, it, it is going to facilitate that. Like, it's a tight field, and mm. you'd imagine that's going to facilitate it. I'm really looking forward to the Down game now. Um, like, Down were wiped out in the middle of the field against Donegal. Uh, from what I heard, Harrison and O'Hare did pretty well up front when they got the ball, but Down suffered badly on their own kickout. Their own kickouts yeah. were very poor. And Until they finally went short. Yeah, Donegal um, routed for a long time, so yeah. um, it's going to be very interesting. Like, you know, it, 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 a lot of it depends as well on uh, what Down team shows up as well. I thought Down played very well against Cavan in the league that evening. I thought to, at, to that point, and that was probably round five, they were the best team Cavan had played, in my opinion. Um, mm. I think it was round five. At that stage, we had played Mead, Cork, Loud, Clare. And Darren, to that point, I thought Darren were good. Like they, get, they gave Cavan a lot of trouble. Ray McGalligan had a brilliant game that evening. Probably kept Cavan in it. There was another time, do you remember, a Darren man got absolutely cut in two. We never established who, which Cavan player it was coming with the big hit. I think it might have been Faulkner. Possibly end of Flanagan, I'm not sure. But 
down or through for possibly a goal and the ref mm-hmm. called it back. Um, so Darren probably felt they might have done enough to win that evening but uh, you know there's a difference in league football and championship football as we know so it's going to be very interesting. It's hard to call Darren are 11-4 for that game so the bookies strongly fancy Cavan. Cavan generally do win when they're favourites if you look back to it. Uh, they generally don't win when they're underdogs. I can't remember the last time Cavan won a mm-hmm. game we weren't expected to win apart from the Cork game this year in the league but a championship game that we that we weren't fit, that we were underdogs for and won. It's been a while. <sighs> Can't remember. So from that point of view, you'd hope probably Bo- Derry in Celtic Park. Yeah, probably was. Yeah, five years ago. But the bookies are never too far wrong, and they've proven that in this championship. Looking looking at the uh, the two games this year in the championship, Cavan have handed out ten debuts now in total. I, I'd say that probably somewhere near a record in a single season for championship debuts. I'd say it is. Well, there was a, there was a time uh, back. Under Val Andrews and Tommy Carr, where there used to be a lot of debuts, like seven, eight, nine in in championship matches. I remember, like there was one year when Tommy Carr was there. You had like Alan Clark, Owen McGuigan, uh, Nesty Smith. All those lads came in at the same time. But ten is a lot. Uh, ten mm. is a huge amount. Like, and do you know? I, I don't know how it's reached that point. I, I think I remember doing a piece before on this. Um, not to go on about this player turnover again. Um, I remember doing a piece before on this a few years ago and I, I remember Ray Carlin telling me like in the 60s when a new player came into the Cavan panel he'd walk into the dressing room for the first game and everyone would shake his hand and welcome him in because it was a big deal to get a new player. They might get one or two players might come out of St. Pat's every year and you might get some lad who just lit it up in the in the club championships and got brought in then for the National League when it used to begin in October mm-hmm. or November. And ca- when, when the Cavan uh, panel has been settled that's when they've had success traditionally even going back to 97 you didn't have a whole 7-8 uh, newcomers that year it was a settled team for a few right. years yeah. I wrote it this year um, or sorry I wrote it last year in January the Cavan are now back into transition and a couple of people said to me so what were you on about but it was clear at that point we were losing players when you're losing players you're in transition uh, and we're in transition again now but we're back in Division 1 so you have to hold the team to the standard of uh, being a Division 1 team Mm. It's 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 interesting too. In fairness, and and look at the debuts. The the two starting debuts were James Farley, which came as a surprise to me. Actually, he's a long time about the panel, but uh, that was his, his first championship was that, appearance. Was that squad rotation again? No, apparently not. Now again, after in the post match, it was a. Uh, it was basically that James had been doing very, very well in training. I'm not sure if he said it on, on, on the interview, but that he mentioned on the interview about how well James done. And in fairness, I have to say, I thought James was absolutely exceptional. I thought he had a brilliant game. They were peppering the full-back line with, with high ball, constant high ball, to the point of stupidity, to be honest. But they still had to be dealt with. And between the communication of Pork Faulkner... Um, Park Farley in goals or snakes as 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 he's called James Farley, yeah. James Farley sorry, and uh, and and then Killian Brady and and end of Flanagan all sweeping up around it. I thought they dealt with it absolutely brilliantly, you know. So they were tested with a with a different type of an attack than they were used to, and I thought James done done exceptionally well. The other thing was that we went short on the kick out so many times in the first half. Um, now Wicklow did retreat and give us that kick out, but we've seen that maybe throughout the league and, and we didn't go with the option we didn't go with that short option the vital thing is to gather possession of the ball and if if the opposition are going to give it to you then take it you know you don't you don't say oh no we're not going to take it off you you take the you take the opportunity that's been given to you and then you have to file them by 
you know, let them set up their blanket defence and, and we're still going to break it down. But it was, I thought it was a good debut by him. I thought also Sean McCormick um, done very well. I thought his work rate was excellent. Now, he, as Matty pointed out in the in the interview after, he'll be disappointed with two of his shots that, you know, a county senior should be putting over the bar. If you're having a go, you need to be executing. But I thought his work rate, his ability to turn over the ball, his his physicality, like we talked about Donegal, you were bullied. Sean McCormick's not getting bullied in any situation. And I thought that was good to see there. Like it was a, a good debut for a, a more mature debutant. Yeah, fair play to him. There is a good, there is, I mean, he is good and aggressive. Like, mm. um, So yeah, I, I haven't seen him really in action this year at all because he didn't play much in the National League. So... Uh, yeah, good. hopefully he can keep that form up now against so. there. And then I suppose Donald Monaghan and Jack Wharton are the other two debutants that come in. So, you know, they, they probably they came into a game at that stage that was won and it was hard for them to get into it. But, you know, he, he mentioned about how Donald, Donald uh, Monaghan had played very well in a challenge game against me last year and that he'd pretty much been injured up to that point. So it was good to see him getting back in. Good, good county on the rage experience with Donald. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, Matty McLean is never going to to spin too many negatives. I laughed at his at his interview in the Irish News this week, where he he made the point that Cavan only lost by three scores against Donegal. Unfortunately, it was three goals. <laughs> it, was, it was nine points, which is definitely as positive statements go. Like that was just bringing it to a new level. You, by that b- point of view, you could say that we only beat Wicklow by five scores. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a funny one, but sure. Look at. Uh, he, look at he brings the positive out to the boys I'm sure anyway and, and it's uh, at the end of the day all they could do is go to Wicklow and get a win well the down game is going to be a rip-roaring game in Brewster um, mm-hmm. you know I'm really looking forward to that it'll be a good test I, I, I am a bit disappointed that Cavan haven't got that good team yet a really good team that they get credit for Like they're not even if they beat down they're not going to get huge credit for it because we are, and I was saying that in advance so it's not like a thing that if they beat down someone will say that this guy's being negative. I'm not. Well, depend. Does it not depend on the performance? Like if the I mean, beat, okay, if the beat down and it's a, it's a good display, you can say, do you know what? There was a lot of good turnovers or there was we, a lot of good beat, scores. But we've beaten, we've been beating poor teams comfortably for a few years now. But we need to beat a good team, and you know you need the opportunity to beat a good team. I think I think though, look, we had the opportunity to beat a good team. We had Donegal in round one. You mm-hmm. had the opportunity to beat a good team. You had the opportunity to beat a good team last year. You had Monaghan in round one. Of the of the Ulster Championship, you had the opportunity to go, beat a good team in Tipperary. So the opportunities have been there, and and we haven't been taking them. Whether that comes from lack of championship confidence or lack of championship run, I don't know. But all all the lads can focus on. They can't focus on the draw because it's out of their control. All yeah. they can focus on is down and down. If if they put in the right performance, it it builds them up. I I, well, I think I think if Cavan got a scalp, there'd be no stopping them. Because if you rem- remember back to. Uh, to 2016 Cavan have no experience of beating good teams very very little you know it's so it's it's uh, 13 years since we beat a division 1 team in the championship none of these Cavan boys have a huge win under their belts bar in, in league football yeah in league football they have but in championship football there's not one player in that mm-hmm. Cavan panel bar, bar um, even Mackey Johnson was on the team in 2005 they haven't got that big win they need a big statement win and to, to, to get a big scalp you have to have a big scalp offered up to you so you can take it mm-hmm. and you're not going to get that against Wicklow you're not going to get it against Darren even if Cavan were to beat Darren by 15 points people will people will focus on how poor Darren are and how inconsistent they are and um, like they were they've taken a few trouncings in the last while I think they were relegated from Division 3 weren't they or to Division 3 to they? Division 3 they were, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like Darren, Darren but all you'd hope for is a big win from Cavan and 
then like potentially after that Cavan could get the winners of, of Leitrim and Loud and then they could potentially get Leash and that would get you into the Super 8s if they were to win those games but you're talking about uh, Loud at the minute are Division 4 standard they're, they've only beaten one team all year and that was London Leitrim are Division 4 and Leash are Division 4 that would get you into the Super 8s I would personally as much as I'd lo- love to see Cavan in the Super 8s I would rather see Cavan get one of the good teams in it and beat them or then you have the opportunity that you get into the Super Reds, you're guaranteed you're going to be playing big teams. There's your, you have two provincial winners in your group. You're going to get two big opportunities to beat teams. And you have a run of confidence behind yeah. you. So, you know, that's true. That's, true. that's, that's true, the other yeah. side. That's of true. It. That, is, that is a good point. So, but but what Cavan need is that scalp. Because I agree there, with you. Go back to 2016, and they had lost a couple of league games um, against Tyrone and Derry, and they were kind of idling along. They were seven points down against Mead. And they caught fire and they tore into them and they beat them by seven and played brilliantly. And suddenly there was a surge of confidence in the team. Because but, I don't where, but where Mead, your big team. So well, that's, that's my point. No, my but it point is that the confidence can come from beating lesser teams. Well, what, what made that was, was because we're so far behind. So there were, it was like you were giving Mead a seven-point head start and they still hockeyed them. And half the time to do it. Yeah, and they still hockeyed them. Yeah. Like they destroyed them. So, and it was away from home and all around. I can see but your point, but I, I, I don't think at any point... Cavan reaching the Super 8s could be a negative. It, it has to be, like, regardless of what path no, no, it could be a we negative. get there, no, no. it's going to be a positive if we, if we get to the Super 8s. If Cavan so get to the Super 8s uh, after getting promoted, I mean, that's a hell of a season. Well, that's it's probably the, the best season Cavan have had in, I don't know, 20 odd years? Yeah, maybe? it would be. You would know, be. It, it would have to be. Realistically, have to you're be. making the, the quarter final. We've only made the quarter final once. In the in in the All Ireland qualifiers, realistically, that. like unless everything fell into line, Cavan are going to have to pick off a real good team to make the Super Eights. Mm. You know, so more than likely, unless unless it was absolute freakish straw, like we were playing Division Four teams to get into an All Ireland quarterfinal. I don't, I can't see that happening. So I think that um, if Cavan were to get to a Super Eights this year, hats off, like yeah. it would shut up, it would shut up the likes of me who are constantly running them now. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Uh, we'll move. We'll move on. I want to briefly talk, or, or maybe not so briefly, but talk about the Cavan Horlers because they've just finished the Laurie uh, Laurie Maher Cup. Um, they, they they finished it off with a victory over Sligo. A, a convincing enough victory over Sligo. In fairness, now Sligo down to fourteen men in the in the for most of the game. I think for about forty minutes of the game, but nonetheless, Cavan beat what was in front of them and. and that's that's a positive. They've they've picked up the win against Sligo. Probably the disappointing thing was that they should have beaten Fermanagh the first day in Brewster Park, and had they won that, they'd be in the Laurie Maher final. Is that right? I yeah. didn't realise they were that close to it. Yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, that's that's great progress. Progress. Yeah, that's great progress. Great to see it. So you'd hope now that that uh, they'll carry that form into national league next year because, and what they really need is to get, try and put a little bit more emphasis on the club scene. It's difficult to pick a county team with a basically a non-functional club scene, but if 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 even I don't know, does it w- kind of work 
does it have to come from the bottom up? Maybe it'll trickle from the top down. And with the county doing quite well, it might it might uh, bring about more enthusiasm in the club scene. You'd hope so, yeah. But I mean, they're a good, honest bunch from what I hear, and they're putting in a big effort. Yeah. Do Do they need to look at something? I know, like in fairness, the the under seventeens and the Celtic Challenge done relatively well. Picked up a couple of. Uh, Pretty good wins, one especially against Monaghan, which we're always delighted when once Cavendish oh. beats Monaghan. But they uh, they need to maybe put something else in place at senior level that that is not just Mullerhorn St Joseph's play one game in the championship final. Like, what about making the championship, the senior championship, or the only championship we have at adult level, make it a a five game battle or something? Just give them more games, even if it's against the same lads. Yeah. Surely that that would benefit them. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Like, um, or maybe maybe look at amalgamating other clubs. Like, mm-hmm. if there's seven or eight hurlers in St. Phelan's and seven or eight in Wood for Gales, let them amalgamate. Like, Put them together. make a championship out of it. Yeah. If you could even get four clubs out of it, you'd have a group stage and a final. It would be a lot more hurling for them. Like, um, they need to do something like that. But they need games. They need games. It's 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 a tough one. I know from from being involved in the handball, like. Um, it's a tough one to trying to trying to promote the horn and trying to go up against football is difficult. Yeah, definitely is. We look at hopefully they can they can solve that that uh, problem of of not getting enough games and and now's the time to do it. Not wait till you know the, the pre season or the or the post season and say oh gosh we didn't get enough games. Dig into it now and figure out a way. Coothill and Mullahorn and, and Woodford and St. Phelan's and these teams come together and figure out how you can get some hurling for the people who want to play hurling. Yeah, you know, that's it. That's, that's the it, important yeah. thing. Uh, we'll move on just very briefly. I say move on, but look back. Cavan ladies um, defeated by Armagh in Inishkeen Sunday week. It was gone by um, an absolute scorcher of an evening. But the uh, I suppose again, it, it's it's a valid valid point. As somebody said, to be coming out. Discipline is one of the most important things in ladies football because a sin bin is detrimental. A yellow card means your team is down to a player less for, for thirteen or for sorry, ten minutes. But when Joanne Moore went off that day, Arma they they really just took control and, and, and made hay. Yeah, the, what Arma have is a couple of very quali- very high quality forwards. Mm. And like that that's worth they're worth the weight and goal in ladies football as well. I suppose the same as men's football but um yeah, Cavan have, have hit it last season there, the ladies, and they're just struggling to make the breakthrough onto the next level. They're kind of hovering around. They're kind of like the men. They're hovering around a certain level, and they're they're just struggling to make the breakthrough. And they've they've lost a couple of very close games to good teams, like they were in the All Ireland quarter final a couple of years ago, and were level with Cork at half time, and Cork ran away with it in the second half. You know, it's probably going to take a, a little bit of an infusion of youth. The career tends to be shorter with the ladies too. Um, so marriage maybe and. Babies and all the rest of it sometimes get in the way of it, but um, you don't sometimes work even work and things like. Mm. But uh, I think I think it might take until this current crop of miners are ready to come in. And do you know what? They'll probably come in quicker in the ladies' game than they will in the men's. Possibly big blow for them. Mona Shorten obviously been missing from the the league before the league final, but Roshan O'Keefe um, getting injured the week of the game. I think it was actually only on Friday night. You know, and it. it Experience like that is so so hard to replace. Yeah, she's a brilliant footballer. Very great vision, like plays with the head up, as they mm-hmm. say. And, like I saw her in the, in the county final a couple of years ago. I think she scored something like twelve or thirteen points. Yeah, she's a brilliant player. Like so, yeah, she'd be lost to any team. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, well, Mona won't be back for the All Ireland 
uh, series, but hopefully Roshin will and, and they'll, they'll have a full hand to pick from. So uh, wish them the best of luck in the upcoming All-Ireland fi- or the All-Ireland Senior Championship. Um, moving on then to an All-Ireland final. What's, uh, I, I suppose we say what's rare is wonderful, but when it comes to ladies' football and, and the current on-the-rage ladies in, in Cavan, it's not rare to reach All-Ireland finals, but Cavan on the 14s take on Dublin in Dunleer uh Tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, two o'clock. So, uh, another wonderful occasion for Cavan underage ladies. Yeah, hell of an achievement. Um, you can read all about the whole preview to it with the manager Mick Flynn and this week's Anglo Celt. Um, absolutely fantastic, and it's it's amazing wonderful that two page spread, two page spread. Now it wasn't my work; it was it was the lads were keeping the thing going when I was away. But hang yourself, I don't. You? I wasn't <laughs> going to say, it wasn't you? <laughs> I'm getting enough hanging, but. Uh, <laughs> the la- <laughs> They're queuing up at the door. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a podcast for another day. That's it. That's but, it. But uh, a, a wonderful achievement getting there. Now they're up against the might of the Dubs. It's not going to be an easy task. Even though now I, they didn't they beat Cork in that final before. Like so that's true. They can they can beat the they can slay the Giants. Um, what makes it amazing is that the, that the Loretta won the the senior schools All Ireland. So to be to be in the winning the All Ireland at under sixteen, uh, at under tw- twenty was it. I think it was. I think the senior schools was under twenty. It was so to, to win the All Ireland at under sixteen, under twenty, and to be in the final at under fourteen. If Cavan were to win this, even if they don't win it, you could almost say for certain that Cavan are the leading uh, football county in ladies football at underage level in the country. Well, they're also in the All Ireland semi final at under eighteen, yeah. where they take on Galway at the end of the month as well. So, like, they're and the phenomenal. The I don't, phenomenal I don't, if, if if those miners don't win the All Ireland or get to the All Ireland final, I'd like to see the team that's fit to beat them because I, I covered the Loretto ladies and most of those players are on it, mm-hmm. or an awful lot of them, and it, they're extremely talented. Yeah, they really are. Like going back to, I suppose the under fourteen. Obviously, people reading the Celt will have picked this up, but Mick Flynn, I done an interview with him a couple of weeks back about the under fourteens. Eight years they've gone now undefeated in Ulster. Like that's now the first two years are at B, but six years at A Championship under fourteen in Ulster, Cavan undefeated, and not just undefeated. One game this year against Tyrone, they scored fifteen goals, fourteen points, more goals than points, and another game I think it was against Down, they didn't concede a single score. That's you phenomenal. Know, like, yeah. That's they're, phenomenal. They're the sort of stuff that that you literally. You know, you you dream that your team is capable of doing, and these girls are able to do it. But Mick Flynn is a very interesting character. You know, talking to him, he seems to put so much trust into the players, and you know, he doesn't he doesn't want overcomplicated on them. He lets them take control of a situation by the sounds of it, and it works. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. Like, like he he seems to be a, like a grandfatherly figure almost to these to these girls, like because. It, I, I don't know what age Mick Flynn is, but no, his, his children are around our age or a bit younger, but um, the, he's the coaching girls here are 13, 14 years mm-hmm. of age, and yet he has that connection with them, and he had the connection with the, the Loretto girls as well, so he has a knack for it, yeah. and it, the, his record speaks for itself, it's brilliant. Yeah, is it, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be robbing away from the ladies, but is it time to Cavan look at people like Mick Flynn, who has probably the most successful managerial record at underage in Cavan, and and bring him into the the lads, even if it's a senior county setup, something because he is something right. He is something there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying throw him in as as Cavan senior manager, but you you, you drag him. You, you you see will he will he maybe take a minor team? Will he take a another twenties team? Because that's experience. Like 
you can't get that in a year or two but there's such a nice atmosphere around those underage ladies matches like and it's there's an there's an innocence to it like and that's not being patronising but they're just going out they're working really hard to prepare mm. well and there's tactics and everything involved but there's a great spirit of adventure when they go out in the field and they attack they play ball there's not as much cynicism and I don't want to sound like Joe Brawley but it, compare that to, to the under 20s and we just saw the Ulster in the 20 final Semi. or semi final turn into an absolute yeah. brawl and all that like what, what's the point of it Jesus what's the point of that like yeah it, it is a different game you know as in men it's no different than schoolyard the boys want to hit each other and, and the girls don't essentially yeah, you know yeah. and thank god it'll hopefully always be that well it'll always <laughs> be the way that the girls don't want to hit each other but the the, the point being though that you, you see the the ladies teams the under 14s and somebody's taking off and and it's very much a well done we're just getting somebody else in to to change it for a tactical reason like i think i remember in the the loretto final where the young forward from Kerry, I can't think of her name, was causing all sorts of trouble. We have a sub that will actually do that job brilliantly. She's athletically matched for her. We'll bring her in there. You know, and it wasn't a case of, well, look, at your, your, you're getting roasted. It was just, this one is better matched to that person. And it was all understood and it was perfectly fine. Like, there was no egos to the whole thing. Yeah, there's a great, as I said, there's amazing. an innocence to it. Like, and it's, yeah. it's, that's what you want to see. Like, that's underage sport. At the end of the day, like, it's good to win for the county and all that, but at the end of the day, it's it's a hobby for kids and young people, and you're learning life lessons there as well, and that's what it is. Like you don't be falling out with people about sport. Definitely not. Definitely not. There's enough reasons to fall out in 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 life. Um, if you can't make that game over in Dunlear, there will be updates on Northern Sound from from two o'clock. Uh, regular updates with myself, and and of course there'll be good coverage in next week's Anglo Celt of that game, Paul. I'm sure. Moving on to the uh, final piece of the show, we're just going to have a quick roundup, a, a good two-page spread this week uh, with Kevin Carney and myself just doing roundup of the the three all county football leagues. Um, I, I still think the biggest story in it is Calvin Gales are now touching on a year and a half undefeated. You know that's that's a, a fabulous achievement. Yeah, it is. Yeah, unbelievable. Like they're the dominant team in Calvin. Um Totally dominant. The lands- landscape, if, if, if Cabin Fo- Club Football was a landscape, they would be Mount Everest on the side of it because they're completely dominant at this stage. To, to go this long without losing the game. And you know what, Damien? There was there was one player from Cavan Gales played against Donegal in the Championship. And we're talking about a team that's unbeaten, hasn't lost a game. Yeah. That's how far ahead they are um, in senior ranks in Cavan. Uh, so you, you'd wonder what's going on there that, that it's not coming through onto the county team. Mm. Uh, there definitely is scenarios well sorry that I've been told of I I, I shouldn't have said definitely because I wasn't told first hand but of players not taking the opportunity to go in and play now there's scenarios of players that that personally maybe I'd have felt should have been brought in that weren't asked from what I've been told as well so look there's there's probably 10 different reasons why Cavan Gales have more representatives on the team some being Cavan management's fault and some being Cavan Gale's players' fault or, or own reasons. But y- you definitely, you think Cavan would be stronger for more, and I can't believe as a drum lead man I'm going to say this, but for more of a presence from Cavan Gale. Well, there was, the there was a widespread belief a few years ago when the whole talk was about pushing for amalgamations in the county that it, that 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 push was coming to stop Cavan Gales. And I, he- I heard it said several mm. times, like, oh, they just want to beat the Gales and just want to beat us, some Gales people said to me. And the Gales went through a bit period of transition, and now the amalgamation thing seems to be forgotten about. 
and it, you know it would be interesting to see if the Gales had kept winning at the rate they were like they went from uh, from twenty from twenty twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen. 16 and 17 I think they only won one championship wasn't it 2014 so 12 you had Mullahorn 13 Balignan uh, 14 was the Gale the Gales mm. 15 was Kings Court Kings Court 16 was Rammer 17 then was the Gales so they only won w- once in that period before last year um, which was a, a famine by their high standards so I still think the amalgamation idea has a lot of merit to it Especially when you see the numbers dropping at underage, and that's that's well, a, a crisis coming down the tracks, Damien. I, I think it's arrived. Yeah. Look at the All County Football League Division Two, the number of games conceded. I In actually the reserve, just reserve league. Sorry, reserve league, reserve league. I think there's. <coughs> I sorry, I know, and I'm just not sure of the exact numbers, but I know there's more games conceded than played in that. So your second team isn't getting it. I also know that Shercock just out of looking for a wee bit of research for the column Shercock have only played one game they've conceded four and been given two in that league like so there's out of eight rounds they've only played one game yeah. you know it's 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 farcical and, and that's that's not I'm not using Shercock as the, that it's Shercock or farcical the point is that the numbers aren't there the numbers aren't there for these teams to go out and feel a second team now we have to maybe revisit the timing of these junior games because I know from being involved with Mullahorn for example this weekend we play Rammer in the reserve league on Saturday evening and then have a very important league game all county football league game on Sunday afternoon against Ballyhays you're not going to play a lad who's going to be playing on Sunday on Saturday because you you can't risk it. You can't afford to risk it. So well, what was wrong with the system where it used to be two the, games? Two the games. They were, they were they were brilliant. Like, and you got more people would come along. Well, see, the important thing about that is that then your senior team or your junior team is just linked to your senior team. So regardless yeah. of how yeah. good your but junior that, is, but sure, I know that the reason they probably changed that was for that reason. But I think the way it was working out is. Um, the way that's worked out the old way was preferable. Like I remember playing junior with Red Hills, and it was brilliant. Like, and then you get some lads that would that would play the junior and maybe come on in senior, or you get lads who would play for two full games at times, and it was yeah. it was deadly. Like it was great. Yeah, I have to say, I think I think that's worth looking at again. Even even what you, what you would get sometimes. I remember um, you'd be low on numbers, and the other team would be there for the senior match, and you say, look, we play an eleven side game, or we play thirteen a side game, just to get games. Yeah. Whereas now, if you're low on numbers and it's a standalone game, and uh, Red Hills are going to travel to Montreal Connacht. You're not going to go up with 13 players. No, you're right. And this game gets cancelled. Yeah, yeah. I think I think look at and I can understand the thought of having a competitive relegation promotion, all county football league reserve, all county football league. But I I do think we're we're losing numbers as a result of it. And I think it'd be like even I've seen scenarios in the past where you know Drumalee were playing a junior game after a senior game and. During the senior game, the junior manager would go, Jesus, what numbers have I got? And he'd take out his pen and paper. Feck it, I'm one or two short. I look into the stand. Just Johnny, you wouldn't you wouldn't throw on a pair of boots. So some of the lads from the senior team will give you a pair of boots. By, jo- by Johnny, you mean Damien. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and me only itching, standing at the side of the fence going, Oh, please ask me, please ask me. But that that's like lads would come out and did tog out and did have a bit of crack and it was a different it was a different atmosphere. And I think you got more players playing as a result. I think it's time You're to look at that. You're also keeping people involved in the clubs, like like you mm. want people going in the gate of of your grounds, like and you were keeping people involved and who who would give back a lot more than just playing like they get into yeah. the habit of playing the extra few years of junior football or whatever it is and then they're around the club and you never know what where to lead to but 
I think in general there's an appetite there in Cavan um, has really crept in like at all levels that's a debate for another day but there is a bit of an apathy out there uh, among clubs and things you see it at county board meetings where you know delegates are as quiet as church mice at times and um, you know it ha- like, like it has to mean more like I know Tyrone Tyrone uh, when they name their, their team for the championship they have a big night Mickey Hart comes along he names his team for the championship it's a, like a supporters night they don't get crowds of three or 400 mm. of these things yeah. It's crazy. I, I looked on Facebook Live, they did their championship draws last week. They had a thousand people watching on Facebook Live. Phenomenal. Like that's the interest that's there. That's it, that's it. Well, look, we we could we could go on about that I suppose a bit more, but I'm gonna put you under pressure. We're well into the All County Football League in Division One, there's only two more games left. Um so I want you to call your your winners, top of the table division one, and who you think is gonna be relegated um from from the division. Well, I think Cavan uh, Gales. You can't look past them. Um, they'd surely be saying, "I hate the Gales." If if, they, if I didn't tip them because they're unbeaten in so long, I think they're in the winning habit, and mm. no more different than losing habit. It's very hard to break. They're used to winning games, and they've had a few draws in the mix there last year and this year, but they haven't lost. It's a crucial thing. I think that it was Garner that drew it this year. I think was it yeah. over Terry Coyle. But um, you know their score difference is huge. They've scored 165 against 97. Three points clear of Rammer, who are three points clear of Garner. Lacking then, Lacking have lost a bit of form in the last couple of weeks. Started like a steam train and then they've picked up a couple of losses. But I'm going to go for the Gales to win that. The bottom of the table, Balignas should be safe enough on seven. And then you've got Coothill on four, Arva on four, and Coughlin's on two. Now the funny thing is, Coughlin's aren't scoring. Balignas are still in the relegation spots there because you have bottom team is automatically relegated, toured from bottom plays fourth from bottom and the loser of that game plays second from bottom and the loser of that game is then relegated oh sorry right so there's a playoff scenario there well I, I think Balignan have upped it in the last yeah. few rounds I think Balignan are going to be okay um, like Arva had an awful bad start and they upped it a wee bit uh, now they've lost Conor Shorten to, to a bad injury um, I presume he's going to be out for a while could Hill the same like I don't know could Hill after a few years doing well they seem to have dropped back a bit uh, I think Cullens are going to go down, and I think um, could hill, could Hollins, could hill, right? And and moving on then to to Division Two, um, as you looking at that one, you have, I suppose, the same scenario. But your your promotion spots, yeah, your promotion spot is is the same. So top goes up, and then fourth plays toward and the winner of that plays second and the winner of that is promoted and goes into the final and then the same obviously at the bottom end of the table well Mullerhorn have two games to play am I right in saying yeah so Mullerhorn have sorry four in total four games in total to play yeah so Mullerhorn are top with a game in hand so they could go four clear uh, if they can if they a game in hand over Lara and not aye well they'll actually they'll go three clear um, if they if they win their game in hand and Baltorba win theirs exactly yeah it's tight at the top there but it looks to be between Mullerhorn Lara and Baltorba Lavi are just those three points DJ is a big loss to Baltorba huge loss I mean huge loss spiritual leader almost you know in the engine room there yeah he's he's a massive loss I, I think Lara Mullerhorn and Baltorba I think the intermediate championship would probably be won by one of those three I tipped Lara from the outside of the year um it's going to be tight. I'll have to go with Mullerhorn soon as I'm sitting opposite the Mullerhorn team trainer. And there's a gun to your head. <laughs> Bottom of the table. Uh, Who's so your second promotion? I'll go with Lara. Go with Lara, right? Yeah. Uh, Bottom of the table, I think Drummond Lee and Bally McHugh. Do you know, 
from what I saw of them last year, I would have said Ballyn Hugh were the better team from what I saw in the junior final last year. And Drumley, uh, probably, wouldn't say they're over the hill, but a lot of miles on the clock, a lot of the fellas. Um, so I think Drumley are poss- probably going to go down there. And I, you know, I'd imagine Upright would have enough about them to stay up. But that said, looking above them, you've Baileyborough and then Den. Uh, would eight points drag you into the relegation? Battle, Damien. Yeah, I think it would. Yeah, I, I think then, then I think then could be the ones to be dragged in. If if they get dragged into a relegation playoff, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't back them to win it. But then Baileyborough, Michael argue heading away now for the crucial part of the their uh, promotion or their their league push. So he's he's gone stateside. So he'll be a big loss on Baileyborough as well. You just wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. That's ha- that's hard to call. But I'm disappointed with Den because I tipped them to win the junior, um, and. They're, they're just struggling a wee bit I think and very quickly then Division 3 um, Killing Care and Killishandra seem to be leading the running yeah yeah. Killing Care top on 16 points Killishandra second on 14 with a game in hand two draws um, so they're unbeaten the only unbeaten team in the division um, Killing Care have one loss and eight wins Killing Care are putting up a lot of big scores mm. their highest scoring team in the county I would say yeah, yeah, yeah. 211 points they've, they've come on something else since they changed their manager <laughs> it was a great move <laughs> um, I think, I'd love to see Killing Care getting up there I think Killing Care should get back up and after that it's between Killishander and Red Hills and Kildallan are right in the mix too I'd love to see Kildallan getting up there as well because they're a team that's had a lot of bad breaks in the last couple of years but uh, going to the head I'd have to go over Red Hills <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> so that brings us uh, comically to the end of. Well, my this predictions, David. You can't. You can't no, no, go no. by my predictions. Looking the, back through it, the only thing you can be sure of is that they're not going to happen. <laughs> well, looking back through the last the angle set in the last couple of months, like I tipped Cavan to beat Donegal, I tipped Cavan to beat Roscommon in the league final, I tipped Cavan to beat Roscommon away from home. So I, I generally have always tipped Cavan this year, uh, the Cavan senior team. And, and look where that's got you. It hasn't got me very far. <laughs> That brings us to the end of this week's McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Don't forget to get in contact with us on Facebook and on Twitter with your comments. We'd be delighted to hear from you. And as I said, the best of luck to DeCavan on the 14th in the All-Ireland final tomorrow over in Dunlear. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 43 30